Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome to everybody watching and listening on the Wednesday show presented by This Is Ibrooks. I'm joined by two amazing guests as always. The first, there's been a wee rumour going around that he's had to delete a, a Twitter account called Player TII, but could be nothing. It's Kieran Wallace. How are you doing today, Kieran? I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well. Um, you can tell when Rangers are doing well, it's... Uh... Burner accounts, five guys in the whole of Scotland's just going a bit mad. So it's a brilliant week to be talking about Rangers. Bit excited, but I'll not get ahead of myself. That that's that exactly. And uh, Ian, uh, you were just telling us about you were you were having a burger from a certain uh, you know restaurant that, that's gone a bit viral in the past few hours for your dinner there. How are you doing today as well? Unconfirmed reports, of course. Yes, but no, I'm good, mate. Um, as you said, it's it's a a really good time with Rangers fans just now. So long may that continue. That's it. That's it. Exactly, guys. Uh, look, on today's show, as always, got loads to talk about. Um, we'll, we'll get the guys' thoughts on. I just want to have a sort of general conversation with everybody and how they feel Clement's doing, the sort of wee small things that he's introduced to the club um, and, and how that's gone. You know, keeping the message simple since he's arrived. I want to talk to the guys about how the team will cope with leading rather than chasing. And, you know, maybe how the other side of the city will cope with that as well. How important squad rotation been as well since Clement's come in. And I've just written this down in the big capital letters of my notes. And it just says, <laughs> Mohamed Diomande has arrived. Um, and then I want to, you know, contra- uh, contrast that with discussing about Nico Raskin as well. And then we'll have a wee look ahead to the very, very, well, not that every game that Rangers play is very important. But this one, even more important than normal uh, against Hearts at the weekend as well. Um, look, Kieran, I'll start with you first here. As a phrase, I'm becoming a bit more accustomed to saying in the last few weeks, and it is Rangers had a routine win at the weekend. No bells, no whistles, but felt pretty confident throughout the whole game. Um, 
What um, how impressed have you been basically since Clement's come in? Let, let's talk about the you know I think it's the thirty first or twenty first October he came in and played Hibs. Un- unbelievable! He's just <clears throat> I think JB said at the last pod that I was on with him two weeks ago. This is our first proper manager since Walter Smith, and I know other people have now seen it too, but. He is just a proper, proper manager. And you can tell that he's got the players' full trust and they really get what he's trying to instil in them. I know it's the four pillars, something that you like to go on about, Kyle. Um, and it is very much something that the players are buying into. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Michael Beale at some point in the pod, given what's been on with him this week. But with regards to Clement, it's just really, really turned things around. And I'll be honest... I didn't think he could. I didn't think anybody could, given where we were. Um, and now we're on top. We're two points clear. Like I am so excited for the rest of this season because I thought, leading up to this, mm, there's a chance. There's maybe a chance. If there's not, I won't be overly disappointed. But one thing I will say at this period of time is that this is where it has become so much more important that we finish top of that Europa group. Because you think the last two ties that we've had have been pretty tricky. If you were to throw in a midweek Europa um, last 32 tie in between each of them, it becomes even more tricky. So it's massive that he managed to do that right off the bat with the team that he had and the squad that he's had. Now he's added a bit more quality then. The future's bright. I'm really excited. And I've went from... We've gift wrapped them the league across the city to now expecting us to win it. So what a time to be a Rangers fan. I'm just buzzing. Might not sound that I'm very monotone, but I'm buzzing. <laughs> I know no, we I said we all know that this is you extremely buzzing there, Kieran. And uh, there's a wee comment coming up here that I'm going to bring up because it slags the two of you off and it says Staunchy Staunch says, Has Kieran and Ian been to a hoodie convention? Uh, I'm assuming there's been a phone call before arranging that you're wearing the same type of hoodie or something like that before it. We, we did. Uh, it's the new setup on the podcast. We thought it would be a bit of bread either side of the sandwich in the middle, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> That's exactly it. Oh, right, now I get the comment. That's why Paul said Kyle in the sandwich. I was about oh, to go hey, five. I didn't even see that, by the way. I'm going five guys don't do sandwiches. You do burgers, Paul, man. Come on. <laughs> do you not get gravitized to, to do this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Oh, I know. I'm sure we'll come on to that, that later on as well. But uh, Ian, uh, I'll come to you now. Uh, I found myself a couple of weeks ago mentioning XG, uh, which I, I couldn't believe that I was mentioning stats like that. I like the basic simple stats. And since Clement's come in, he's won 22, drawn three, lost one. We have scored 59 goals and we have conceded 14 goals. Were you expecting a turnaround like this? And, and how sort of pleased and happy have you been since since Clement has come in? No, I think with, with you guys and probably a brother, I mean, just fan, I was more on the fence of try and win the Cups, try and reduce the deficit and kind of get a bit of respect out of this season, regroup and go again. I, I kind of lost lost a bit of love for football in a way because it's just about a, it was a bit, kind of a bit turgid going to Ibrox. It was like, a season's done already, let's just wait for another, what, seven months kind of thing and, and go from there. But at this point, I'm, I'm loving life, loving football. We'll talk about it 24-7 if I can, kind of thing. And it's all thanks to Clement and this team. Um, the goals thing is, is massive. Um, I think when Clement came in, it's not been talked about too much, but the goal difference was also pretty hammering in terms of we were way behind them. So the fact we've not only caught up on points, but 
got ahead on goal difference. It's, it's a massive turnaround because I think this league, John kind of touched on this on, the, on Sunday's pod there, but this league could easily come down to goal difference. So the more we can kind of keep chipping away and getting further ahead, further ahead, it's, it's just going to be another little bonus point kind of thing. It, it lets you have that draw away if you need it at some point. So massive bonus. Um, Fernanda. It's, it's a weird one because I think as Rangers fans, you get a bit conditioned to thinking something bad's coming. I don't know if that's just the total pessimist in me, but it's been going too well lately, ever since that old firm defeat, which I think we all were quite, not, we weren't too low about that one in a weird way. I think the fans felt a bit like, okay, that's going to happen. Just move on, keep going. I think that all comes down from how Clement's handled that. The players seem to be the same. And it's just, there's such, I, I don't like to keep using the word synergy, which I seem to use in every pod, but that relationship between fans, players, management, it's all so in sync. And I know Kieran touched on the, the Michael Beale aspect there, but that little thing with him not shaking the guy's hand as he came off the pitch the other day for Sunderland, that's so telling. Because you would never get that from Clement. You saw Cantwell come off the other day and he's got a cuddle, he got a little chat in the ear. He does that every sub, every player must feel so loved playing for him. And, and like I say, I'm loving it now, so keep it coming. Can I, yeah, not... can I touch on the synergy thing you said, Darian? Um <clears throat> Don't know if you guys seen it at the Aberdeen game, but I've never seen the players go to the fans so many times and throw their hands yep. up as if they say, come on, yep. give us a wee bit more. We're in this together. If you give us more, we'll get more out of it. And there's not been that feeling in so, so long. Now, you give give us a one each at Ibrox maybe 18 months ago. The place would have been a bag of nerves and people arguing. And take that back to the Aberdeen game. I've never seen Ibrox so toxic. So... I think as well, when the fans start singing the players' names and most players have got a song, you can start to feel a sense of we're all in this together. And I, I put a wee spiel in our group chat when things started to go well to say, see when that um, everything from everyone sort of tagline came and it was on the fans, it did feel like that was, right, draw a line in the sand, season's been rotten so far, we can only do our best, but we're all in it together. It really feels like that, it does, and that, I think, what you're saying, Ian, is the synergy between the players and the fans is 100% there. Yeah, Ross of this parish here says, Cantwell, Lundstrom and Goldson really trying to interact with the crowd. It's fantastic to see. It, it, it's whenever, and uh, Clement turning to the fans asking for more as well, a lot um, from RFC 72 there as well, which I, I totally agree with. It, it's been so good to see, but you know, the point where my head was at when Clement came in, I was like, right, he's in. We just need to be stabilised until the end of the season yeah. and we're looking to build on to next season. And the fact that, as we said, I don't, I don't want to say claw it back because it, clawing it back to me suggests it's been, you know, desperate and, and that, but it hasn't. We've just absolutely, it's been like a steam train. And the thing, and the fact that nobody has mentioned, or I haven't heard anybody else mention this is, we lost our top goal scorer coming back for the winter break, our biggest goal threat. We have done this seamlessly with, with Abdullah Sima missing. It is, we've just put guys in there and the team has just totally picked up. But, uh, Ian, I want to come back to you. Something you picked up on, and it's, you know, the the message from Clement, especially the it was the post-old firm game that you said, and, and, and yeah. you know, you were like, right, that's happened. You're right. Other seasons, you know, maybe, maybe because it was his first game, against Celtic that we haven't gone you know crazy as, as supporters but 
it's to do his message. I remember him saying in press conferences, like, look, this team will will lose. They will mess up. They, it's you know, it's not going to be perfect, guys. And I just want to get your thoughts on how simple the message from Clement has been to not only the players, well, you know, pr- predominantly, but the support as well. Yeah, I think the players is the kind of main one for me because, like I said, we were going to games and there was just no buzz about the place. There was no excitement to watch the team because it was so confusing to watch. Like I'm a, you said before, BNXG, I'm a pure stats guy. So I like trying to work out like what, what the shape is, what the formation is, what the philosophies are, all that crap. But when you watch that, Michael, I know, act myself saying that. But um, <laughs> watching a Bill team, there was no clue. Like guys didn't know where they were going, who they were trying to link with. There was no set patterns of play, all this stuff. Whereas Clement's just put the best players in the position they like being in. That's it. There's no Cantwell out right. There's no guy sitting playing like central midfield and he should be a bit further forward or vice versa. All this stuff just taken away completely. You're just saying it's the best player in that position at that time, go and do your thing. And, and they're doing it. I mean, it's, it's probably the best in Cantwell. I think we all know if Cantwell starts playing well, the team tends to play well. Same with Tav. I was one of the ones at the start of the season thinking this may be a season too much for Tav. He looked a bit leggy. He wasn't getting up and down the wing as, he, as we know he could do. And now he's he's back to being like the main man for the team again. So player wise, it's been massive. And in every press conference again, it's we're going back to Bill again just because how recent that was. But his press conferences were just saying one thing, and you see the other. Whereas Clements is just pretty basic, pretty standard stuff. But he does what he says he's going to do. It, it the team looks how he's saying it's going to go, kind of thing. And there was that kind of worry for me when Clement was coming in that no one really knew what his style was. It was. Oh, how does he play? Does he like this shape, this formation? And it wasn't so much as game by game, but it was kind of like he just he just does what he thinks is right at the time. And so far, he's been near on perfect, which given the, the squad he took over and the atmosphere of the whole club when he took over, that, that can't get praised enough, really. Yes, it's crazy. I think, again, I know I've just said I'm not big on the stats, but there'll be hundreds more stats coming in this podcast. But he's he's got like an 84% win record since he come in which is 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 crazy and that's where us having no played anybody yet as well so um we'll, we'll see how we got on with that as well but uh look kieran i'll come to you as well for and ask you a, a similar sort of question but how important has it been that come on has come in and he's not he's not over complicated the tactics he, he's kept roles straightforward and and ian touched on it there i thought it was a really good point he, he's played players in their natural positions and and played you know the team to suit their strengths. I'm looking at you, Serial Dessers. <laughs> what, what have you made of that? I think you're you're bang on the money with saying about keeping it simple. Because to me, and Ian, Ian was bang on as well by saying that under Bill, there was no instruction, there was no plan, there was no style. And you could see that play out in the players. I think now we're seeing the opposite thing. I think with Clement, you start to see that the players know what they're doing. <clears throat> they know where they should be. We spoke a lot on the, the structure in Tavernier and uh, coming in sort of a lot more narrow and the wingers playing with more width. and uh, Just small things like that. Playing with playing with two attacking midfielders. I mean, how many times did we sit here under different managers and say, we don't need two sitting midfielders against teams like, I don't know, the lower end of the table playing them at Ibrooks. And then we turn up against Aberdeen two weeks ago and we've got Cantwell and Lawrence starting at centre mid. Like, 
we're Glasgow Rangers, we should attack teams, we should go with the most attacking lineups with a little bit of caution in there. Um, and you've just got to look at how much he's getting out of players that weren't doing so well under previous managers. Red Van Yilmaz, three managers before Clement did not fancy him. Look at him now. He's, he's, he's our starter at left back. He's took the jersey. I, I can't, just can't see Barisic getting back in there. And it's testament to Yilmaz to how well he's done. I, I swear I wouldn't I thought I didn't think I would see him this month because um, I thought he'd be away in January like we all did. But now I'm thinking, is he going to be here beyond the summer? Because I think we've got a real asset at left back now. And that's all testament to Clement and working better with him. And I know we touch on him every week and you mentioned him there, Kyle Dessers. I'm not his biggest fan, but under Clement, we've got a different player. And you said it, we lost Sima, arguably your best player this season under both managers, right after we lost Danilo. So this is how well he's done. And we've yet to see the best of Silva and we're going to have to. And I know we're going to get on to his squad rotation and stuff like that, but this is where it really comes into play, having a manager that can get the best out of players, especially McCausland. And I'm sure the other guys will um, back me up as well. I think you covered one of the B games, as, B team games as well, or a couple, Kyle. McCausland yeah. wasn't a standout for the B team, right? And I don't say that being cruel, and I've said it on here before, but he's come into the first team, he's done well, he's progressed, he's becoming a better player, and he's becoming, again, a bit of a mainstay, he's, he's locked that right wing slot down and mm. very well done to him and Clement has a lot to thank for that as well and the players all love it as well, everything's rosy in the garden, I mean you look across the city and we talk about playing under Beal and not having style and not having instruction and the players looking like they don't know what they're doing, like that's all you're hearing on these phone-ins now from the other side of the city so we know what that looks like and we knew we weren't winning anything playing under a manager like that so Without diving too deep into that, we're in good hands with Clermont and I'm just buzzing. I hope he stays forever. I really do. <laughs> there we go, man. Absolutely. There love There's B giving you the big speech before the podcast, like, keep it calm. Let's let's <laughs> let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. And there's Kieran saying, I love him. I hope he stays forever already. Let's that's the clip from this podcast that's, that's going out this week, you know, for sure. Um listen, you know, you love a good question about Tav, so I'm gonna um, wrong comment there. Paul McGarrigal was um, asked this question on Tav. He's not balling up and down the pitch as much as he used to. Do you guys think that's us down to having a good winger in front of him? Or do you think that's a sort of change in tactics uh, from the manager? Maybe a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think before, when we didn't play with wingers, it was, there was so much reliance on Tav being like the right back, the right wing back, the right mid, the right wing. He had to be that whole side himself, really. Um, especially even when Cantwell was trying to play there because Cantwell was naturally going to come inside, so there's massive gaps there. But I think in the last few games at Ibrooks especially, Tab seems to pop up in like more the centre of the park. I, I don't know if that's just maybe trying to get your best player on the ball a little bit more. We know Tab can shoot, he can cross, he can find a pass, he can run with the ball, so Aye. why can not? He get to I mean, Glasgow in under an hour. It's remarkable, that one. <laughs> that's really special. Um, but we obviously see it's, it's brought benefits in terms of, you, you mentioned Yilmaz and how he's got that flexibility, he can go outside, he can come inside, and it just leaves a bit more questions for the team, whereas if Borna's playing, you know what Borna's going to do kind of thing. Um, so it might just be Tav trying to kind of push himself forward a little bit more, maybe change how he plays. Um, 
there's a few different reasons behind it, but it's, it's just more flexibility for me. It's just mm-hmm. you always want teams guessing what you're going to do, and that was something we were pretty poor at. I mean, we did get a good few results under Bill, um, but never really performance because I think teams just set up. There was obviously the, the Martindale comments that day that he knew how Rangers were going to play, knew they were going to just swing cross after cross. I think that was so telling at the time. Yeah, whereas now, we do still sometimes cross it in. We do go direct here and there, but mm-hmm. it's not always the same. And as an opposition manager, opposition coaches and scouts and stuff, that's got to be a worst-case scenario because you just can't set up for how we're going to play just now. And Tav's changes, his movement is, is a massive part of that. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point you've hit on there as well, uh, Ian, is the fact that I think opposition managers are struggling to to understand how we are playing. And you've brought me on to my next point very nicely. And I'll uh, go to you on this one here, Kieran. And it is the, the squad rotation. I have been delighted at, you know that we have just been able to mix it up and guys are just going in it goes back to what we talked about earlier on the simplicity of the message people know what they are doing when they go into that squad um and in this particular how he's managing players that have had long-term injuries i'm looking at you ryan jack i'm looking at you tom lawrence in particular what have you made of the, the squad rotation it's great to have it now we didn't have it at first so you imagine being clement and coming in and they spoke about the the puzzle quite often about having to solve this puzzle that Michael Beale left them and all the players who just worked under the same fitness routine and he spoke about having a bespoke routine for each player and I think Tom Lawrence touched on it last week in his broadsheet interviews saying that he has his own um, bespoke fitness uh, programme that he's been working towards and it's it's really helped him and now now you look at it, now we've got rotation that he couldn't have before and you think getting players back from injury and then they're getting injured again and then they're getting injured even longer it became a sort of cycle that we just couldn't get away from and I remember Clement saying in a couple of press conferences give me a few months and you won't be seeing this again and you know what the proof is in the pudding he's right he's absolutely right and again this comes back to the players trusting them players want to play football these guys are back playing football for listening to what Clermont's got to say and what he's putting in place for them. Then they're going to enjoy it. They're going to trust him and they're going to buy into what he says and what he does. So now we're starting to see it and it's it, it bearing fruit having a big squad because we're really going to need it. You think we've got two last 16 coming up, two last 16 games coming up in the Europa League. We're going head for head for the title and we're really, really going to need every member of this squad. And fingers crossed we can get to the Scottish Cup final as well. So there's a lot of football to be played and we're going to need every man in this squad because you look when we've had busy end of seasons, our last Europa League run, we let the league slip out our fingers and it came down to guys being injured and not really being able to piece a squad together. I think Clermont's looking ahead a wee bit here saying, look, we can do something special here, but if I can keep the squad intact, Mm -hmm. then we can do well. Good news was as well, I heard that Seema was back in training today. Um, I also seen on Daniela's Instagram going through the gates and even Raskin posting. So there's three guys that have been injured that Raskin's one I know we're going to get on to, but I imagine Seema and Danilo coming back into this team. I know Danilo might not, right? And that's very much a clutching at straws sort of moment, but imagine Seema coming back into this team the way that they're playing just now. We could, we're good just now, but we really could kick on. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting prospect. And Clement has said uh, that Danilo may be back for the end of the season, which, given his injury, is absolutely crazy what the advances in, in modern medicine can do these days, especially for football players. But a uh, couple of comments here about the rotation. Uh, Dean Henderson says, our rotation strategy really lets players like Sterling shine. He takes utility players to another level. Long may it continue. Uh, and a really good point here from John Weary says, Clement isn't afraid to make subs at the right time. Uh, Ian, how do you, important do you think having this ability to now rotate squads, use different personnel, you know, different formations, different tactics, different games. How important is that going to be for for the next, I was going to say 12 games for a season. I don't know how many, 12 games in elite into the league's done, isn't it? But um, how important is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, it's a nightmare if we're trying to put a bet together because you just don't know what kind of team we're going to put out here. <laughs> so you may wait for the last kind of minutes, but it's, it's so important. I think, like you're saying, 12 league games get, Three cup games, hopefully, still to go. And then, obviously, Europa League, we, we want to go far in that again. So, I think the point right at the start that Kieran made is massive. That if we hadn't won that group, we'd be playing away tomorrow night, I think, maybe the way it kind of panned out. And then, playing this game against Hearts, we can always be in the back foot as well, in terms of playing Celtic. They'd always get that slot ahead of us, which is just a little psychological thing that I think went against us in that run to, to Seville as well. But I think the, the main sort of thing I noticed the other day is that this Scottish Cup game at Hibs, we're away in Europe the Thursday before that. So I'd be very surprised to see the same 11 take to the pitch both those times. So the fact that yeah. we're right now doing that rotation and, as you said before, bringing Jack in, letting him sit out, Lawrence the same, get Sterling playing about nine different positions at this point. There's, there's just so many options in every spot and I think it's something we've not really had as far as back as I can really remember. I, I don't want to sit and talk about Celtic at all, but I feel like their, their midfield has always looked at pretty strong because they could just sit one out and bring someone of equal quality in. I don't think they have that just now, personally. Whereas for us, we're looking at a guy like Raskin, who this time last year we were all raving about, next big thing, massive sell-on potential, and he's probably like sixth choice at this point, if you sort of go through what Clement's going for. So if you're a guy of that quality, as your sixth choice player in a position, that, that bodes pretty well. Get guys like Seema coming back. Danilo's obviously a bit behind him, but there is guys yeah, going to be here before the end of the season. I'm not going to say Kamar Roof's going to be here because it's Roof, but there's, there's slots everywhere that guys can just sit out, come in, sit out, come in. And it's it's so vital for what we're going to do here. Um, as I said at the start, you, you don't know what team's coming up. So like my previous point, 
other teams don't know what teams coming at them kind of thing what players are going to be playing here and there so always keep them guessing and uh, yeah good thing 100 percent um andy mack here says in my opinion the squad rotation is easy because it's hard to pick our strongest team and and i agree with that because obviously we'll t- come on to the hearts uh sort of preview before uh you know the podcast finishes i was really struggling to pick what i love in especially because you and i were talking about it before we came on in like you and i just assumed that we were playing tonight and i was, and it's easy to pick the next team because you can sort of you know m- change players that have yep. you know like your jacks like your lawrence's but this i've no idea who i'll start this game and you'd be pretty happy whatever squad clement picks you, you're gonna you're gonna be happy with it um okay right. can, I, can i touch on the last question that popped up just before that um i think somebody had said will uh, kima roof return this season right i think this team is crying out for a kima roof a penalty box striker that can knock the ball in the net and it breaks my heart that he's just can't stay healthy enough to be in there because imagine a 55 fit Kemmer Roof in this style of squad with so many chances inside that 18 yard box he'd eat them up for days so fingers crossed I think he can play a big part this season I really do yeah, he's never he's never ruled him out entirely. He said, you know, he's he's been given a, a sensible approach to it. You know, he gets asked quite a lot about him in press conference. It's always a kind of last question at the end is, "Will Rupert back?" By the way, and uh, you know, he does. He's you know, I'm not putting a time on it. I'm not putting pressure on it. I feel like that maybe what's happened in the past. Look, I think Kamal Roof will be a Rangers player come next season. Absolutely not. But you know, if it's you know good from a professional point of view, just to keep him up and, you know, manage him back to fitness so that he can go and have a bit of a career after us. But that's not what Rangers is all about. Um, but yeah, it'll be good. if he's if he's back, we'll see, yeah. Um, and you got a couple of compliments here. Sharpie Sharp here says, Kieran, spot on, mate. Roof's brilliant when fit. Uh, and Snakey Bear says, totally agree, Kieran. So don't worry, guys. Your £10 from Kieran will be in the post with you both <laughs> shortly there, all right? I know. Nobody agrees with me in this house. I'm delighted at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, I'll come to you, Kieran, as well. Uh, there's, there's a, see, since I've been a wee boy, there's been a there's been a an Alec Ferguson quote that has stuck in my mind, and it's attack wins you games and defense wins you titles. And I think since Kamon has come in, that is a massive thing that we have changed. Uh, I said there would be more stats. Here's some more stats for you since the Livingston game. Uh, Livingston, zero shots on target. Aberdeen, this is outlier, four shots on target. Ayr, one shot on target. Ross County, one shot on target. St. Johnston, zero shots on target. I think um, the all the games we've played St. Johnston, even this season, they've not managed a single shot on target against us. How important has this been? Because it, I think that's what is making me feel a bit more comfortable, making me feel a bit sane. It's routine, because we're just but just not giving anything away. Yeah, you've got to love Alex Ferguson taking these scenes out the NFL. That's a, that's a very old one for the American football. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Attack wins your games, defence wins your championships. So Sir Alex, he's bumped that one. Anyway, sorry, we'll get to this. It very much reminds me of Goldson and Hollander at centre-back. And remember these stats were going about um, in the crazy 55 season where we just didn't concede shots and goal and... We were kind of, I think we were at this goal tally of goals against at this point in the season as well, where yep. we were just solid at the back. And see the crazy thing is, right, in the stats, 
Everybody says Tavernier can't defend. Everybody says that Goldson's been a bomb scare. Everybody says that we need to replace the left centre-back position because we're not sure about Balogun and we're not sure about Suter. They've been brilliant. They've been outstanding. And look at the... Look at the strikers they brought up against. Miofsky got a goal against us, which was against the run of play. I okay, it's a carbon copy of most of the other goals, but it's just been fantastic. And you look at the guy that's behind them and Jack Butland. Oh my God, man. He's, he's been their best signing this season. I don't care what anybody says. I know it's debatable, but he's he's been fantastic. So we're rock solid at the back and I think that really bodes well. I know we could do well I know we could do better going forward than the front line. We could maybe score more goals, but I think that's if that's my only criticism of the team, then you know we're doing well. So that is just what you've rhymed off there, Kelly, is crazy stats. It is yeah. just outstanding defending. And I think that comes down to Lundstrom as well. I think he offers a level of protection in front of the, the two centre-backs that we maybe weren't getting before because the guys in there didn't really know their role and we tend to get caught the wrong side of the ball often, but considering how much we're on the ball and how high a line that we play, teams do seem to get in behind that it's testament to how how well the defence have played, that the stats have rhymed off are, are appropriate. Yeah, oh no, listen, see when I was, I think it was that Livingston game uh, that I was covering for this is Ibrox and I first noticed, and I was like, I can't remember ever watching a game of football where there's been zero shots and targets from my team and then just started looking back at it and I, I couldn't couldn't believe it but uh, you know I'll come to you on the next point here you know I was actually speaking to a pal earlier on in, in the week when when I was formulating what we were going to be discussing tonight and <laughs> as always he looked at it a totally different way and he went that's six shots and we've conceded two goals from it so I suppose you could look at it from there as well and Robert Lynch also here says we can still be uh susceptible to one long ball over the top which I get a fair comment but it's it's not just the defence that has been contributing towards the, the lack of shots and target it's been the rest of the team as well would you would you agree with that? Yeah no totally I, I think I'm kind of stealing John's point he made a comment a couple of comments ago but it does start from the attack um, you, you see Dessers I think Dessers has been pretty good all season really in terms of pressing from the front and running at people but he always had this bad habit of just running when it was not the right thing to do. So as soon as he was doing that, a goal was just passing at a defender and then suddenly that's a man taken out straight away and on the back foot kind of thing. Whereas now he presses with the team. Same as David Silva. Silva's great for it as well, to be honest. But they, they press all together. So if you do break that first pass, there's just a guy running at you straight away. Cantwell's obviously great at it. Touched on Lundstrom. He's been an animal the last few months. A massive part of why we're getting no, no shots conceded. But even if you look at it further back, like I used to get so nervous at conceding corners and we seem to concede a lot, not concede a lot, but give away a lot of daft corners, which would lead to chances. And I think when we had McGregor especially, there was just so much anxiety and fear of what's going to come from that one ball in the box. With his, we don't give away many corners anymore. We obviously don't give away many shots. And anything that does come into the box, Butlin just, just grabs. It's, it's so much easier for, for the heart, <laughs> for these, this style of play and this defensive shape we've got just now, but you're spot on. Defence is win leagues. It's, it's proven. Um, and I think we've got enough about us now that the way we're playing, when we get that first goal, obviously in the moment you still get a bit of anxiety, a bit of fear that, oh God, what if they score and equalise kind of thing. But it sort of touches back on one of our first points we made tonight that the fans are staying with them. Like you touched on the Aberdeen game and that could have been a bit toxic at one each with 20 minutes to go, but 
when Ross County equalised just a couple of weeks ago, that could have easily been toxic, especially the fact that it was that one ball over the top, which the other comment referred to, and it's the same kind of goal that he conceded. But everyone was pretty calm, given yeah. what, what was at stake that night in terms of we could have went top of the league. But it's just a case of, well, that's a goal, but we trust this manager, we trust this squad that they'll fix it. And t- touch wood, they've been doing that ever since. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive plus for this defence. Again, the point you touched on, it's, it's not been a settled back four at any point really this season. You know, the left back's been switching constantly. It's been Suter, Balogun, Davies quite a bit at the start of the season as well. So the fact that it's been changing constantly and we've been this consistent just yet again comes back to how great a job Clement's done. Yeah, again, to- totally agree with you there. Uh, there's a wee comment coming in here from Kyle1872 and and people can now see as I'm doing this live that, that this isn't my burner account because that's been suggested to me before. But it says, keep feet in the ground, nothing achieved yet apart from winning one trophy so far, and rejoice about how good we are at the end of the season. Listen, I'm, I'll, I totally get where you're coming from, and, and you know, I like keeping feet on the ground, but we've already seen since the weekend that there's been a lot of negativity, you know, ridiculous things already been saying about our players in the media. So I'm trying to keep it positive and focus on the, on the positive things and, and the good things that, that Rangers are doing. Um, you know, I'll stick with you in my, my next point here uh, uh, as well. There's going to be a it's a different dynamic now. We we're obviously top of this league. How do you think it, it, you know it's going to look? The fact that we are now leading and we're not chasing. Uh, how do you think that that's going to play out over the next twelve games? I mean, obviously you'll think we'll win the league, but it's does it psychologically how important a factor is that? I really don't know because we've not been in this position enough when it's then gone well kind of thing like we've, we've kind of got to this point and then fumbled and then something like we've, we've got a stupid draw or gave a point away gave a last minute goalie kind of thing quite a few times over the last few years that that there is that sort of anxiety again still kicking lingering in me but I do have faith in the squad faith in Clement more than anything especially with what he says and again it touches on what we were saying before he does seem to have everything under control whether we're just a bit behind or now just a bit in front there's no change in him. There's no change in the fans, uh, sorry, the players. Um, the main thing for me probably is is how the other half handle it because they've not been in this all season. I mean, we all listen to forums, we all have Twitter. There's absolute meltdown going on over there just now. So we need to just kind of stay in our lane a little bit. Just That comment is pretty spot on. We, we're all going to get excited. We're all going to get a bit giddy at this point for how well things are going. But our next two games are pretty massive. I mean, you couldn't pick, I know you're going to touch on it later anyway, in terms of like lineups and stuff, but you couldn't pick two harder games to be playing right now, probably including Celtic, if you look at it purely for how like form tables kind of thing. Um, hearts are flying, Kilmarnock away is never easy, always comes with that pitch, that scenario, that environment. We've not done too well there this season, so if we come through those two games with six points, I'll have a much, much more confident stance in terms of compared to right now, but it's a proper bone answer. You hear it from every player, but it's it's really just game by game and just try and keep the focus as best possible for now. Yeah, that's it. And there's a couple of good comments coming in here as well. Hugo Bear says, Clement is keeping everyone grounded. And this could be Clement's burner account here. Uh, Kyle1872 says, momentum is with us. Don't change what we're doing. If we empty the tank on every game and stay humble... 
good things will happen. I'm almost hearing that in a, in a Belgian accent when, <laughs> when I'm reading that out there. The only thing he's not mentioned in the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, exactly the, the story. Um, but uh, listen, Kieran, do you, do you feel like this squad is building to, to, to a bit of a peak because I'm going to use another one of Clement's phrases here when he, when he first came in you know he was talking about the marathon and you know it's a good analogy to use the marathon the marathon and now in the press conferences he's starting to talk about the sprint and I really feel like it's it's just building that momentum up and and do you do you agree with with Ian there is is this going to you know the fact that we are top now does it play a, a bigger psychological factor factor for one of his four pillars? Nah. No, no, <laughs> right, not question. at all. <laughs> not at all. And the reason I say that is that I think what we were doing does not change whatsoever. And it's the biggest cliche in football, but it's the most true saying that you take it one game at a time, and that's what this squad have been doing. Every single interview, and it's kind of like when Gerard was here, Everyone was coming out in the interviews and saying the same sort of words and phrases and this, the same sort of taglines that almost was the message that was getting put across to the players. We're seeing that here as well. Mm-hmm. Almost like they're talking about what's coming from the dressing room, that we just take it to the next game. All I'm concentrating on is, say, for example, hearts at home. The players are just taking it one game at a time. And this, again, comes back to having trust in the manager and having full trust in his ideology of what he wants to do and that if you want to be successful, you want to win trophies and you want medals around your neck, listen to me and do what I say because I'm going to prove that it's going to be right. Remember last week he was uh, Clement was saying it doesn't matter about the goals at the moment. I tell the players to score as many goals as they can each game because just now it doesn't matter what happens at the weekend. They drop points, they choke, we go top. Who's right again, Clement? It just seems to get it bang on. And if we keep doing what we're doing, it doesn't matter if we are first, second, third or fourth. If we win each game, each week, one game at a time, we'll be absolutely fine. And as Ian says, two massive games coming up. I totally believe they're they're season defining. Um, Given where they're playing as well, Motherwell away is a very tricky tie for them. They got off the hook the last time. And this is crazy to even think about this. The last time they played at Motherwell away, I remember being in New Edmondson House before the game against Aberdeen. A cheer went up, Motherwell had equalised. They then scored and got off the hook big time. And then we then go and get beat off Aberdeen. We have come a long, long way since the end of November. We're sitting two points cleared at the top of the league. And you think if that's the other way about, they drop points and we we sort of capitalise against Aberdeen. Like You'd expect us to do better, but we didn't. But look where we are now. You'd expect to see that this weekend. And I really hope we do without getting ahead of myself. Kettlewell's got a decent record against Celtic when you think back to Ross County at Parkhead when they caused the shark attacks in the car park. And <laughs> they got off the hook at Fur Park. Again, took points off them with Motherwell at, at Parkhead. They've got a tricky tie. But again, doesn't really matter what they do. If we win one game at a time, I think they're more likely to drop points than we are at the moment. So, fingers crossed. I don't know if you yeah. jump in. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys, it's going to come back to that one game at a time thing. But I don't know if you watched Tom Lawrence's press conference last week. I think that was his answer to every single question. It was just, yeah, one game at a time. It was <laughs> just, like, no disrespect to him. I love the guy, but it was such a boring press conference because he was just so, like, laser focused. And I think every press conference from the players just now is going to be that exact setup. So, 
yeah, don't be getting too excited for any press conferences coming out in the near future. And and I totally agree with you. That's a, it's a brilliant point, Ian, because it's you you can almost predict what they're going to say now, yeah. and I'm fine with that because it goes back to the message is simple and everybody understands what they have to do and what their roles are in that team. And and it, and, I, and I even, we touched on it, I even go to the fans. The fans, not that we don't understand what our roles are, but it's just, he's, he's been clever on keeping us on very onside. Um, look, I'm just going to bring up some comments here, just the, the sort of last bit of Clement love for, for the podcast before we go on to talk about some other stuff here. Um, Paul McGarrigal says, Clement won't let the stands drop. Robert Rankin says, I think Philippe can win in Europe. And Snakey Bear says, Phil is now getting players back to choose from. So, yeah, it's it's looking good in the world of Rangers. Oh, wait, there's one last one. Hugo Bear here says, Clement is meticulous in preparing for each game. Um, look, let's shift on to talking about a couple of players before we go on and, and get our thoughts in the Hearts game. Uh I'll start with you, Kieran. Mohamed Diomande. That's all I'm going to say. I, I was very impressed by this guy at the weekend, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him in a Rangers shirt. Yeah, 100%. I think we've only dipped our toe in the water as far as he's concerned. We've only seen one sort of one game in the position of his preference. I think playing him as a 10 air. I don't know if he's a 10, to be honest, but I've not seen enough of him. But that goal at the weekend, man. The, the quickness of thinking for that first touch to know, roll it and hit it. And how often to see a player roll it with his left foot and hit it with his right? Do you know what I mean? With him hitting it with his right foot, he's opened it up away from the goalkeeper, which then sort of creates that gap for the ball to go past the keeper at such a pace. And to me, it was very much like um, Cantwell's goal versus Hibbs, just a snapshot of nothing. It leaves the keeper with no time to set. And before you know it, the ball's in the back of the net. So... For me, he's, he's, the best is yet to come and we're all very excited about this guy because he, he's pretty much unknown from our side. Um, it might have been yourself, Ian, actually, that put up the sort of spider graph of his against Glenn Kamara's and they were both very similar. And you can kind of see that with his play, like very clever first touches, looks after the ball very well. Um, unlike Glenn Kamara, it looks like he can shoot. <laughs> so, I think he's going to be a key asset more next season than this season but he's going to play a big part in the running and then next season he's a nail on for our centre mid spot and you can see why we've pushed the boat out and spent money on him when fans were screaming to spend the money elsewhere these guys know what they're doing and I hope that really does continue so no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him apparently he's pretty tall he doesn't look tall to me but yeah. I, I apparently is quite quite lanky. <laughs> it adds to the to the sort of a rebo side of things more than Kamara, where nice with the feet, tall guy, quite lanky. So yeah, I just I can't wait to see more and more of him. Hopefully, he just keeps doing well for Rangers. There we go, and we, we've got an admirer in there. Ross says, "Kieran knows the way to my heart." <laughs> Mentioning Glenn Ross, it's all the same players: Ryan Kent, Glenn Kamara. Just, we always like the same players. Right. Scott, I, I don't know if I'm a bigger fan of Scott Wright as Ross, but we're on the same page, I think. No, that's it, exactly. There was a, there was a couple of thing, uh, comments here that I'll bring up. Uh, Paul McGarrigal says he scored on his weaker foot as well, which is true. Uh, and John Weir says, if he can play football on that tatty field, I can't wait to see what he does in decent surfaces, which is a totally good point as well. Um, 
Eden, everybody else has had their, their turn on talking about Mohamed Diomande. I think John Walker described him uh, as a hybrid between Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo. And again, it's only been brief glimpses, but he looks like he could be a really, really important player for Rangers until the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, you can totally see the com- the comparisons. He seems to have like the the good points of both, which is is a massive bonus because I think on their own they were both great players for us. Um, I, I can't lie, I was one of the guys in the the January window thinking, why are we? I know we're not spending it right now, but why are we doing a obligation to buy deal for a centre mid when we're a bit stacked in there, given the the right wing issues, the striker issues. So buzzing it came in, kind of profile wise, thought that all made sense. But seeing how he played at the weekend. Again, no one's really touched on the fact that's his first start since since November, I think, other than air. So he's, he's still so new to this club, let alone getting his fitness up and stuff like that. And again, the, the pitch played a massive part in that and he was still able to be tidy. The fact that he went against Aberdeen and within a minute flicked the ball over someone's head, I was bought in right then, to be honest. That was me. He, he's my guy kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I, I do get the feeling he's going to be one of these guys that we, we don't have for too long because I think he's going to be sold on quite quickly. Um, and that's quite a bold thing to say so soon in his career here and probably get ahead of ourselves. But he just has everything that I want in a player in terms of he's good on the ball, he looks like he can tackle, Kieran touched on it. He's not a wee guy, he's not going to get flung about. He can, he can handle himself. And if he can play as well as he did against St Johnston with all those sort of fitness issues and the pitch and getting to know his teammates and stuff like that, he's only going to get better and better here. Um, not to spoil my projected lineup for for the weekend, but I would be, I'd be playing him as much as possible, really. Despite how big a game this is going to be, I think he's he's a must in that midfield. Yeah, that's that. Uh, Kylie things out too says the fact that he's not one of these players that has needed time to bed in shows how good he is. He's hungry, aggressive, and has a bucket load of ability. I think that is a totally fair comment as well there. Um, and you know, stick with you my next point before we come on to Hearts, and that is. Oh, it's, it's my one negative bit of the podcast, but I feel like he's not been getting mentioned a lot recently, recently and that is Nico Raskin. Obviously, we saw he was out for a wee while, came back, had a couple of games, wasn't great. And in the last four games, he's a guy that I've been expected to, to see. Um, is this something, you know, we should be concerned about? Or, or, or do you think it is just, come on, you know, just listening to medical advice? and Because and, it has been alluded to. It's, it's hard to say. Um, I think Raskin's problem is that he's not got an obvious role in this team. Uh, he's not like the ball winner. He's not really the playmaker. His passing isn't like elite level. It's not like the best in the squad kind of thing. He doesn't get assists, doesn't get goals. So he's kind of left wondering like what, what is he bringing to the team? I think Raskin's problem really is that if you look at his best games for us, he's probably Hibs away. I think it was Servette away in Europe, but he was dominant that game a couple other games in Europe he's done well it seems to be games where we're not going to be dominating possession because I think he's the kind of guy that's just going to hassle opponents win the ball back move it on kind of thing which is what John Lundstrom's doing for us right now so league specifically we don't need another guy doing that like that's kind of the reason that Lundstrom and Stellan aren't playing together because you just don't need it you're wanting like creation and guys with a bit more passing nose on them kind of thing so I think he's been a little bit unlucky in terms of the former Lundstrom's, he's playing every single week. He's 90 minutes regardless. And then beside him, you do need someone with a little bit more guile about them. So I wouldn't write off Raskin. I don't think he's, he's done at all. I think his 
his best role for us might be in Europe. And again, as we touched on, we're going to need the squad and see rotation. So I think he's got a big part to play this season. Um, and again, you, you touched on it yourself. He is just back from a bad injury. He's still trying to find his feet, find his fitness. So I think he will come good in the end. Still got a lot of hope in him. Yeah, Robert Rankin here says Raskin's struggling a wee bit, but it will come. And yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you there. And and I do. I, I, if if Lundstrom wasn't playing as well as what he is, I yeah. think he would probably be in and around the squad too more. But Lundstrom for me is the he's the first name in the team sheet. I know I know it's a bit of a cliche saying it, but he certainly is. Right, we can finally get to the big game at the weekend. Kieran, I will come to you first on that. What are you expecting from from a pretty inform Hearts? Uh, it looks like you know, seeing tickets going for crazy money on on reselling websites on on the internet there as well. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a, a real stormer of a game and and uh, a sold out Ibrox. I know. I've just gave mine away as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> admittedly, um, a newborn baby kind of takes over your life with these things. So, unfortunately, I'm not. You're not It's what sorry. <laughs> It's you and Abdullah Seema. I know, I know, mate. Um, yeah, and unfortunately I'll not be there, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'll get to catch it on the TV, um, watching it from my holiday home abroad. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, it's a huge, huge game. And it's a good game for Scottish football as well. It is a pity that it's not actually aired on. Sky Sports or um, whatever else it could be broadcast because it is the two informed teams in the league. And I think I heard a quote earlier that um, over the course of the last 10 games that Hearts have accumulated one more point than us. So you could even say that they're more informed than us possibly. But you know what? If you want to win leagues, you need to win games like this and it really doesn't get bigger. Get this one out the road and then it's the next one. Kelly away and I think that's the one that's probably more on the fans' mind than it is the players, that if we can go out to Ibrooks and we can get the result the same way we did in that game against Aberdeen, that I don't expect it to be high scoring. I think that the last time he came, the Danilo last-minute goal that probably set us up to where we are today, like such a huge moment in the title race was the Tav penalty, then the Danilo header against Hearts, and I thought they were really good that day against us. They set up well, they made it tough, they're tactic was clear how they played on Yilmaz and you've seen it with Shanklin's goal it's, all, it's got all the makings of a massive day at Ibrooks and I just hope we come out and talk but they think about the buzz around the place if we can and a lot of people are getting ahead of themselves I think saying Rangers could be five points ahead come tea time on Saturday like I don't like that chat I really don't because it could swing the other way and I hate to say it and we could go back to second if we don't like ignore that type of chat just get out stick to the plan and win the game come on or know how big this is and how close it we're getting so it's got all the makings of a great game and i think i had heard it on another pod we might get close to seeing what clement deems as his strongest starting 11 in this game yeah yeah, I'll be, it'll be very, very interesting to see to see what that lineup is. Ian, I'll basically come on to you and, and ask you what you think that is. There's a couple of questions here from the punters. Uh, Andy, oh, it's because there's too many comments coming in, man. I keep clicking on it and it keeps going up. Andy Mack here says, Ridvan or Barisic on Saturday, considering Shankland played on Ridvan. Um, Paul McGargo says, I think Clement might have to rest Cantwell due to a possible injury. So does Lawrence come in or do we go Sterling 
Linney and Diomande Sterling just to follow Shankland. And um, Kylie who says, do we play Dessers? When you play Dessers, he misses those type of chances. So, yeah, what do what do you think? The how do you think the game will go? And and what's your lineup for it? It's um it's a massive one for us, obviously. Um, in terms of Hearts, I know they've been getting results and wins, but they seem to be, every time I see them, they win like three two. They win like from two goals down and come back. They always seem to start games slow. So I think it's the kind of game that if we start fast, we'll be fine, kind of thing. Um, obviously going to come with confidence, but if we can kind of get the crowd up, which they obviously will be sold out. Ibrox, it's going to be going to be wild. Um, get the crowd with the players. I'm sure the players will be hyping us up as much as they've ever done. Obviously, we touched on that earlier. I'm sure that will be happening. But I, I think it's it's kind of as Kieran said, if you want to win league titles, you need to win your home games. You need to win the big games. And as, as a guy who's looked at this from the opposite side a lot of the time, we obviously have been chasing Celtic for so long. And you look at like potential banana skins kind of thing. We've done that at the weekend. We saw Kilmarnock going there. I thought, well, it's Kelly. They can have a goal, get an equaliser. And they obviously did. Mm-hmm. They're going to be looking at us the exact same here. They're going to be thinking, right, Hearts at home, that's a tough game. Hearts are informed, blah, blah, blah. So if we can win that, that's such a mental like punch to them kind of thing that mm. it's only going to be positive for us. Um, team-wise, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. I, I Like I said before, I think Diomande should play for how good he's been. But I wouldn't be sad if Sterling started kind of thing. Like I, I, I think he's been he's been used and done so well for us. I just don't know if that's kind of... I thought we'd play against Aberdeen back in that game, thinking it's a, it's a big team coming to Ibrox kind of thing. But Clement obviously backed his team to do well, so we could see that again. But it's more like the the left-wing slot that I'm not too sure about, really, um, mm-hmm. in terms of the whole pitch, because obviously Matondo's had his injury. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Sterling out there again, even though I didn't think that really worked. But again, nah. it's just going back to it, there's... There's no obvious lineup for us when you sort of go out of defence. So it could be a number of different options here. But again, the, the big plus point is there that if it's maybe not working or we're still level, we're going to have so much quality to come off the bench, which could nick that goal for us in the end. If we have another 2-1 game like we had before with a 96-minute uh, winner, whatever it was, then I'll take that at this point. So a lot of questions uh, to come. You know, that that's that. Um, Colin Cameron comes in here and he says I don't think Clement has a strongest starting a living, he tailors his team on a match by match basis uh, Snakey Bear says the gaffer has a headache and that's why he gets the big bucks but it's this is where we have not, I feel like we've not been like this in a while that we it's, it's a good thing that we don't know what our strongest a living is because we were moaning about the rubbish that we're having to play before uh, and Paul McGarrigal here says depending on Cantwell, Butland, Tav, Goldson Suter, Ridvan, Sterling, Lunny, Diomande, Cortez, McCausland and Dessers and he's gone for a 2-0. Kieran, I see you sort of shaking your head at that. Do you, do you agree with that lineup? I was just trying to work out what it was meaning. <laughs> um, what I would go with probably never ever tends to be what it is, but I could see it being Butland, um, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, Ridvan and then your middle three of... I'd go Lundstrom, Lawrence and Cantwell again. I thought the three of them played well against Aberdeen. That's sort of been our last big game. Um, on the left, Cortez. On the right, McCausland. Then through the middle, Silver. Yeah. I, I, I think I think that's that's the way I would play it. Like, kind of what Ian said, kind of forced into playing 
what we've got available at left mid. I would, I would, I love Berlin, but I just don't see him being in any of the wide slots. I, I don't want to see him in any of the wide slots, yeah. but he's right. It could be, it could crop up there. I just don't know if he would start at centre mid. I think it, am I right in saying that after the Aberdeen Cup final, where he had the man of the match performance at centre mid, I don't think he's played there again. Am I right in saying that? Not from the start anyway, I don't think. Yeah. No. Uh, so it's obvious that Clement will use him if he has to in there. But I, I wouldn't complain because I do think he's good in there. But he's going to go, uh, depending on how this season goes, he's going to be good down as a guy that will get remembered for being the utility man for us and filling in and plugging the gaps because he's been excellent everywhere that Clement's put him. Um, yeah. But I, I hope we come out with Clement and uh, <laughs> Lawrence and Cantwell in the same team. I think we should come and attack Hearts. Yeah, that that's exact. Weirdly enough, and that never happens. You and I agreeing on something, Kieran. But that that apart from Silva up front, I've actually gone for Dessers because I think Dessers will 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 go do better against that. And my thinking for that is is that uh, I think Silva will come on and and I'll really work a tired Hearts defence. And I think that's why we won't see Diomande starting that game as well. Um, I think he will come on and and again go into tired legs but listen we're just about to wrap up here uh, Ian come to you score prediction please I'll go 2-0 I think it's a bit of a basic score it's probably an easy guess but I think 2-0 I think we'll keep out Shankland if we do that we'll win so yeah and Kieran yourself mm, I hate to do these before big games <laughs> I'm going to go 3-1 I'm going to go 3-1. I know I've sat here and I've said, oh, Monday's brilliant, but start Lawrence. And I've said, oh, we've <laughs> shut every team out, no shots and goals. And I've just seen that Hearts have scored. But I think Shanklin's on that much form that uh, I think it's inevitable that he scores. <laughs> I, I just don't know. It's a tough one to predict, but I'll take a scrappy 1-0 all day of the week. But I'm hoping for 3-1. I, I hope we go ahead, they grab one and chase a game and we catch them in a the break. What about yourself, Kyle? What are you thinking? I I think we'll score, but I can't I can't see I can't see Hearts not scoring given the, the run of form there. And I know that we've just said talking about the amount of shots that we've conceded in target and how good the defence has been, but yeah, hearts are good, not because of their manager, but because they have a very good central uh, striker uh, who knows where the back of the the net is. Um, so yeah, I'll go for I'll go for two one Rangers again. I just hope we don't leave it as late as we did the last time. Um, Snaky Beer here says two one. Kyle eighteen seventy two says three 0 Paul McGarrigal has got two 0 and he's given us Deal Mandy and Dessers to score. Uh, and Hugo Bear has also said 2-0 as well. But listen, that just about wraps it up for tonight. I uh, just want to say thanks to everybody for watching, tuning in. Thanks to both of my guests. Just a wee point, uh, I think the majority of people that are actually tuning in and listening watch this podcast don't actually subscribe. If you want to give us a wee helping hand, just give us a wee like and subscribe because uh, it, it really gives us a, a hand. Um, but take care, everybody, and we'll see everybody soon. Podcast Network.